goes by that I don't hear another story from another family that they know of someone that their child is going through uh, a gender-confusing time. Sometimes they're transitioning. Sometimes the, the parents are, are wondering what to do. But this is the world we live in, Dan. And today mm-hmm. on Life Talks, we're going to be talking about the truth and consequences of, of gender ideology. Um, this is going to be a multi-episode series that we're going to be doing because we really believe, um, you know, I think we've gotten questions from parents when we were doing this uh, before. And, and we've answered, like, uh, I would say episodic issues, but we haven't taken a step back and, and really asked the question of how did we get here and and why did we get here and what do we do about it? And so um, today on Life Talks, I'm Ben. I'm here with Dan. We're the two teaching pastors at Life Fellowship Church here in Cornelius, North Carolina. Dan, um, I, I think this is, I think all of us woke up in 2023 and, and, and we're saying, when did this become normal? Yeah. And it's, it is normal now. I shared a little bit in our last episode about um, something my daughter said when she was a kid. And, and you cannot assume that kids are going to be taught the biblical framework and worldview of gen- gender this, understanding. You know, it's such an interesting time because so yesterday news broke. Now, we're taping this a few days, uh, almost a week before it, it comes. So, yeah. so last week, by okay. the time you hear this, news broke. And it's a huge controversy that one of the world's most notorious atheists, Richard Dawkins, has dared to get up and say, science itself proves that there are only two genders. How dare he? And he is being (laughs) excoriated, which is kind of interesting um, in that one of the reasons he made this statement is because he was defending J.K. Rowling, who wrote the famous Harry Potter series, who has been turned into persona non grata by the the elites of whatever movement we've got going this week, um, for for actually suggesting, again, that there are two genders and anything else is outside of the realm of normal. Every every week, there's another news story for example a a school a christian school in vermont got banned from all statewide competitions mm-hmm. because their girls basketball team was about to play another team in the state tournament that had a biological male mm-hmm. uh, on the team and they were like we're not going to play that team because number one it's 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 not safe and number mm-hmm. two there's there's a principle that's involved mm-hmm. uh, and it's not fair um because men are just you know males are are biologically stronger and have more benefits in, in athletics than than females do. Yeah. In fact, 18 of the so-called red states now either have passed or are passing legislation mm-hmm. that is prohibiting biological males from playing against females because of this exact issue. Yeah. So this is this is not going to way going away. We're seeing our country being further divided along political ideological lines between red states and blue states, and it pretends for the future a lot of conflict. And you know, even now conversations about a you know an amicable divorce between the states, you know, <laughs> dividing the country up along yeah. these kinds of yeah. Ideology. ideological yeah. lines. Um, so th- this is a big deal. It it's in it. I think. Okay, so the question I think most people are maybe wondering is, what happened? Like, how did we get here? And I think it's important for us to help Christians understand this didn't happen overnight. This was a this was a giant sinkhole. I mean, 
in Florida. They they happen about <laughs> once a year. There, there's there all of a sudden someone's driving and, and the, a hole opens up over the pavement and there's just like, like this horror. They drop into the four, center fifty of the world. foot chas- fifty foot deep chasm of like oh there's there's a sinkhole right there. So I think that's literally what has happened. Is is the sinkhole has opened up, and I think a lot of people that would believe in the, the Bible or self-professed Christians are looking around saying, how in the world did we get yeah. here? And one of the foolish things you do is think you can fix the sinkhole by filling it up with sand. <laughs> or you, just paving over it and or thinking. Or just paving over it, yeah. <laughs> You've got to find out what caused the yeah, sinkhole, and that right. is true in this situation. Mm. And that's why we need to go back and study the history, because what we're looking at is the consequence. It's not a cause. Mm. And so the consequence is we can't even tell the difference between a man and a woman right now. Mm. Um, but what is the cause? Well, we have to go back, in my opinion, to Darwin. Mm. With Darwin, something fundamentally changed in the way that we looked at science mm. that it eventually impacted not how we just looked at science, but how we impacted education, the law, politics, and, and uh, you know, additional parts of the what we would call the pillars of civilization. Mm-hmm. And so... And so what was the big thing about Darwinism? Before Darwinism, there was a general assumption that there was a God mm-hmm. and that he mattered and that God was responsible for absolutes in the universe, that he was the author of and mm-hmm. the creator of the absolute laws, whether they were called natural law or mm-hmm. moral law. Right, right. But there were absolute objective truths. Mm. Black was black. White was white. Up was up. Down was down. Two plus two equals, equals four. four. All right. Yeah. So after Darwin came along with his theory, it was that God is not necessary, that chance is an adequate explanation for how we got here. Mm. Once that was embraced, and eventually it got to the point where it was not only embraced, it was celebrated, not only celebrated, it became a requirement that you believe it, it changed everything. It had to change education. It had to change how we looked at law. It had to change on, you know, the Scopes Monkey Trial was a great example of that. And and so over the last 150 years or so, since Darwinism came into power, we have now and and we've always had this, and I'll explain that in just a moment. But now we've got a more dominant feature of the clash of worldviews mm. that has existed since the Garden of Eden. Right. So right. in the Garden of Eden, what was the problem? Either God said what he meant and meant what he said. And he was in charge. And he was in charge and yeah. he mattered. Yeah. Or God didn't mean what he said. He could not be trusted. He was lying to us mm. or he was irrelevant. Right. So, and that's basically the principles of secular humanism: is there is no God, or if there is no God, or if there is a God, He really isn't consequential; it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, and and that was the great lie of Satan, and its most successful permutation has been in Darwinism because Mm. it was widely accepted first by the Western world and then spread around the country. So, so, so why is that a problem? Because in the absence of absolutes, you have no ability to discern. Hmm. Truth becomes relative. Truth becomes subjective. So what may be true for you is not necessarily true for me. Truth is a matter of perspective. Truth changes or it evolves. Hmm. So in, when you remove God from the equation and you remove absolutes from the equation, two plus two doesn't equal four because it depends on the value that you as- assign to two because two is just nomenclature for a for a subjective value. So Truly, you could make the argument that two plus two equals six 
if you assign to the number two a a, a value of three. Yeah. So then, because in your experience, maybe two did equal three yeah. at times. <laughs> or, or or who are you to say that two must always be two? Yeah. Now you say, well, that's just absurd. No, it was the very basis of the new math system mm. in the in in uh, in the 1960s. You can even go before that again because education is kind of my thing. Um, some of us are old enough to remember the Sally Dick and Jane books. Mm. Well, the Sally Dick and Jane books were fundamentally a shift away from the way reading had been taught. Hmm. Reading had been taught using phonetic rules. A says a is an apple. A says a, a, a. B says b is in boy. B says b, b, b. Those were generations of teaching. And originally with the Guffy, the Guffy readers, it was, it was a catechism as well. Uh, a stood for Adam and in Adam's sin, we all fall. Mm. Um, mm. You know, that was the first letter, but that's how we taught people to read. Right. We literally taught people to read by reading the word of yes. God. Yes. So when we moved away to that, it was sight see method. So in other words, you see the word, you assign a value to the word based on what you know about the word. The problem with that is the word C-A-T or the word K-I-T-T-E-N or the word F-E-L-I-N-E all could mean the same thing. Mm. And it didn't really matter because you knew you were talking about a a four-legged furry thing that purred. (laughs) (laughs) So you would would see the sight C method and you would Mm. memorize what that word meant. But what was really important is not how you said the word, but what you meant when you said the word. Mm. Well- that could be different because you may mean an adult cat or you may mean a baby cat or you may mean a lion. Mm. So the whole idea is the person becomes the one who who brings meaning. And that's what makes it subjective. Yeah. So objective is true in all places at all times or all people. That is the standard by which you base it. So you take that out of the academic world and the truth world. You can you can then manipulate the law. Mm. So, so you know, for constitutionalists, we say the law is very clear. But then they say, well, it can be reinterpreted based on today's values, mores, and political trends. Right, right. Therefore, what may have been interpreted, correct, interpreted correctly uh, when, the, when the Constitution was written could be expanded or broadened because the document is a living document. It's Those are the words bre- they use. Yeah, they, yeah, it's a living, breathing document. So it yeah, Progressives say, well, this, there's a spirit to the document as opposed to the original intent. Yeah. So the same thing's happening theologically. Right. It's very interesting now that all of a sudden people are reinterpreting scripture and it sounds like it's being written by a feminist (laughs) or somebody who's an expert on CRT. And why is it? Because now we're interpreting scripture based on today's common ideology. The zeitgeist of today. Rather than for us to interpret today's ideology based on the absolute standard of scripture. What was meant by the original author? That that and 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 so, it's like so. If I could summarize what you're saying is, we have untethered ourselves from the anchor of objective truth with the with we as creations of God. Now we have divorced ourselves from God, but yet the problem is, once you cut yourself away from the anchor, the boat can drift wherever the waves take yep. it. And the other thing is, we now become. The author. We now yeah. become the judge. We now become the arbiter or the or, or the uh, the evaluator. And in doing so, we displace God, hmm. which makes it again subjective because mm-hmm. the conclusion you reach may be different than I reach, yeah. or the conclusion reached in a hundred years may yeah. be different than that of a hundred. And years when ago. when the individual becomes the authority, then all of a sudden, it's 
it's it's the wild wild west. Yeah. It's it's everyone did what was right in their own it's eyes. It's Romans chapter one. The creation yeah. becomes more important than the creator. Yeah. So I think that that's it's important important for us to to realize a lot of the things that we are seeing played out today, where some of the 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 pebble that dropped at the top of the mountain with the snow is now gaining steam and this is giant you know avalanche, but it was an ideal that 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 won the hearts and minds of the majority of humanity or at least i would say a strong presence of of within the western world probably you know because when darwinism came out it was earth shattering but i think it was only kind of in the halls of of academia that really embraced it but eventually it bled out into other areas like like when i look at the history of the church in in north america um, the great battles between fundamentalism and liberalism. Mm-hmm. Okay, now when you say fundamentalist today, people think a, a crazy religious person. Yeah, fundamentalism even postmodernism. Yes, yeah. but fundamentalism historically is the idea that we believe in the fundamentals of the faith. Well, that that was a battle that was fought between 1850 and probably the 1930s, and it had to do with this idea of who's really in charge it's just is the bible a living breathing document that we can interpret whatever we mm-hmm. want and a lot of the seminaries embraced the darwinian philosophy of that they took the darwinian understanding of the world applied it to the bible and said we can we can get rid of god yeah it, at least the god that or render him irrelevant that god tells us what what to do yeah and and again um i would even say a lot of the enlightenment i think when the enlightenment happened prior to Darwin, I think there's two camps. You had the you had the Christian people who took the rationalism and those kinds of things that applied what happened in, in the Enlightenment, and then you had the deists, and then you had mm-hmm. the David Hume. But all of this philosophically played out itself until Darwin really explained it beyond just in your head and said, "Here's what looks like. Here's what here's what the world looks like without God." Yeah. Right. And all of a sudden, people. Because of our hearts, because of the rebellion in our hearts, we're like, sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. And so now, because we've untethered ourselves from being answerable to the authority of God and his word, it is now the wild, wild west, ideologically. Mm-hmm. And and we are now reaping the reaping the we're we're reaping the, the seeds that have been planted 150 years ago, and these are plants that are coming up. Yeah, and 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 again, I would just want to reemphasize. Darwinianism and the, and the consequences of that as we see it in, in our culture and history today is just the latest wave. You can look in the scripture record mm. and see from the time of creation to the time of the flood mm-hmm. and even from the time of the flood to the, to, you know, the disruption of the presence of the Messiah. That's right. Um, and then in between those, you know, the, while those may be the tsunami events, there were other major waves that that mm. hit in between each of those what we are facing right now is we're reaching a point where another major disruption whereupon God reminds us of his authority over his creation mm. is to occur now whether that's the second coming or mm. there'll be some you know some people are calling something you know the great reset and I I don't know that I believe in that but but you know w- the further we remove ourselves from authority the further we move ourselves from God and the further we move ourselves from absolute truth, the greater peril we are in oh, 100%. in terms of civilization, yeah. culture, science, yeah. all the things and, that matter. And, and that, when we say that, we're, we're not trying to be doomsday prophets, but th- there is a reality that two things are going to happen. Either God will 
exercise justice upon people once they've hit a certain level of sin. We've seen that historically throughout the Word Absolutely. of God, right? Like there's a level of sin that has to be met, and then God brings, boom, mm-hmm. like I'm not going to let this go any longer. Yeah. Why? Because he hates sin, and yeah. he will punish it. Or it will. It, might, it may be a God gave them over, and it will. The, it, civilization will eat itself from within and collapse because it cannot survive, and it cannot thrive, and it cannot grow built on a faulty foundation. Yeah. And so, two things are going to. Ha- if we continue to go down this road, we're looking at a collapse of some sorts, whether it is God, a God-imposed judgment or it's a self-imposed uh, judgment that we are. We can't, we can't keep going in this direction and survive. Yeah, and because we are Westerners, it'll probably be more dramatically felt by those of us in mm. the West, which happens to be, whether we like it or not, whether we want to admit it or not, and for whatever excuse we want to make that it is that way, mm. uh, it happens to be the seat of innovation yeah. and invention and science and, and so forth. And we know that there's a growing clash between the West and the East mm. that's emerging in the headlines as we sit that's right. here. That's right. But- I, I think there's a lot with the rise of AI, with the rise of, of um, you know, a lot of moral dilemmas. And then the very definitions of things that have for 6,000 years been settled by civilization, things like gender roles, yeah. things like the definition of family. Now that those things are being eroded by this Darwinian uh, construct of, of um, you, you know, moral pragmatism. Create your own meaning. Yeah. Forever. And like you say, we've untethered ourselves from anything that gives us direction and stability. We've broken our compass and we've unleashed the anchor. Yeah. And so now we're adrift. We have no idea where that can lead us. Yeah, because the only thing that, f- for when, once you remove the authority of God and his word, the only thing that's going to keep people saying, well, no, you, you shouldn't do that, is, well, my public opinion. It becomes the majority rule of, well, the majority thinks that this is wrong, so let's do it Mm -hmm. or let's not do it. And so, you know, we're now starting to see things like pedophilia, right? Mm -hmm. Normalized. Normalized or beginning to have discussions on, we're hearing whispers on the edges of what people are talking about is what's appropriate. Before you normalize it, you have to destigmatize it. And so what's happening with pedophilia is the same thing that transpired Probably 45, 50 years ago with homosexuality. Absolutely. I, and so, I was alive then I mean, in transgenderism. Right, right. So we're seeing now, and, and it is literally like, I can't tell you, I knew what was going to, you and I probably knew, <laughs> if you and I had conversations, but after the Supreme Court ruled that, yes, you know, homosexual marriage could, could take place, it was like a week later, and I called it, I'm like, the moment this gets legalized, it's going to be the transgender thing. We all knew it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, boom, it was there like it was. news story after news story after news story. I saw like 2000, was it 2013 or 14? I can't remember what it was when that when the Supreme Court decision happened. Um, but all of a sudden it was like, this is the, the new wave of acceptance is transgenderism. And it became the, from the outskirts and it's moved in. And we're starting the same, what's the next level? It's, it's the, you know, uh, I forget what the term they're using instead of pedophilia, but it's minor attracted persons. Minor MAP. attracted, minor attracted persons is now we're hearing it on the fringes of of society. People talking about it as well. Well, maybe this isn't so bad after all, and it's the same thing. And why why is it wrong? Well, once you remove the authority, the anchor, the only thing that keeps the majority of people from saying you can't do it is public opinion. Mm-hmm. And so now we're looking at the, we're, we're living out Romans 1, and unless the Spirit of God moves in a great way, 
we know what the future holds for us. We do. And that's where it's important for Christians not to lose hope. We have not been called we, we, we have not been called to do beyond what God has called us to do. <laughs> and that is this live in truth. That's right. Walk in truth. Know the word of God. Obey him. Be found faithful. And and God will do what only God can do. Man mm-hmm. must do what God has asked man to That's do. Right. And and so, you know, listening to this can become overwhelming and discouraging, and I understand that and get that. Um, but rage against the darkness of the night. That's right. Be the voice that reminds people. Be the compass. Be the anchor. And pray your guts out. Yep. I mean, ask God to move. I mean, one of the things I've been praying when you read the Psalms, there's this great line that I've been reading as I've been praying through the Psalms. It's, arise, O Lord. And it came from Numbers chapter 13, I believe, when Moses was crying out to God to help them. But this arise, O Lord, if you look at or or, arise, O God, there's this idea of God rise up and do something against the evil of this world. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, that is one of the most common prayers when you read through the Psalms of people asking God, you got to stop evil. Yeah. And that is that should that should resonate with us. Don't just sit there and get upset. Don't sit there and think about planting a bunker in your backyard like like do something. You can yeah. do something spiritual by praying against the forces of darkness. Yeah. And whatever you do, don't capitulate. Don't blend exactly, a hundred percent. Be the be the unmovable object yeah. in the face of what looks yeah. to be an irresistible force. Yeah. So where we're going to go with this conversation next time is we're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, we kind of, we zoomed out really big and looked at some of these, you know, the, the, un, when did the untether happened? And we saw the Im- implications of this with Darwin. But now I want us to focus in a little bit closer in on the whole idea of gender ideology, where it started, how it started. Um, where it came from, and and we'll talk a little bit more about that next time uh, on our Life Talks podcast. I know this is a lot of history, it's a lot of philosophy, but we want you to understand because if you don't understand where it came from, um, you really can't. You do, it's it's helpful for you to learn how to argue against it when you come up against it. So, anyways, we'll deal with that next time. Thank you for joining us on this heavy, heady episode of Life Talks. I hope it's been beneficial to you, and we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. The Ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.